This is the Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper, episode 43, building a six-figure blog from scratch. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Glover here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 43, building a six-figure blog from scratch. My guest is Pat Flynn from chroniclesofstrength.com. No, it's not the same guy from Smart Passive Income, but still a ton of great stuff in this call. Now, if you tuned in expecting the other Pat Flynn, I urge you to stick around because this Pat definitely brings the goods in this call. You're gonna learn why Pat dropped out of college to focus on building his blog full-time, how he grew his audience and how you can borrow the same strategies plus his multifaceted monetization approach. Now, uh, our initial connection, Pat reached out to me uh, over the fall to um, with some virtual assistant related questions. And as we got to, to talking, it looked like he'd built up a pretty successful online operation and that's being modest. Um, so I kind of asked him to share his story here on the show and thankfully he agreed. So uh, show notes, everything is at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 43. A couple quick notes before we get into it. Uh, a pair of World Domination Summit tickets are still available. My wife and I have got a uh, wedding to go to that weekend. It's July 11th through 13th in Portland, Oregon. If you're able to attend, would be happy to uh, cut you a deal on the tickets. Just send me a note, nick at sidehustlenation.com. And I've got one quick five-star iTunes review. This one comes in from Alex, uh, actually Alex Designs, Alex from uh, from last week's show. He says, every day I'm hustling. Nick is obviously a super smart guy, as you hear, and you hear him interview some great guests. This is a great show for any solopreneur, somebody wanting to make the leap into a freelance web professional. So Alex, thank you so much for that and appreciate the flattery. And, uh, And that's all I got. Let's get down to business with Pat. Hey, Pat, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hey, Nick, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Now, Pat is a certified Russian kettlebell challenge instructor. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds deadly. He's the founder of the popular chroniclesofstrength.com fitness blog and co-author of Paleo Workouts for for Dummies. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, legit for dummies book, yep. Very, very cool. So, Pat, take me back. Is, is Chronicles of Strength your first... Um, you know, effort into an online business type uh, type hustle. It is. I uh, started Chronicles. Um, oh, geez, I had to be going into my sophomore year, uh, college, and um, I was an accounting and finance major. And uh, I'll tell you, if if there is anything that can incentivize a person to want to become an entrepreneur, it's it's that it's studying tax law. Um, <laughs> So, so I mean, that made it pretty obvious what I didn't want to do with my life. Uh, so in, in that way, college was pretty beneficial for me. So, <laughs> Okay, not, not in the sense of using the degree. No, not at all. Or an, at all. anti-using it in, in a way. So what, exactly. uh, what year is this? Uh, this was, whew, had to be about four years ago now. Okay, yeah, you're about young. four years ago, and I'll let you do that <laughs> math because that's numbers, accounting, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, I started up, I really didn't know what I was doing. I knew what I wanted to do. 
Uh, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I took about a year to really sort of just figure it out. And um, I hustled uh, a lot. I read as much as I possibly could. I studied some of the best in the business, both in the fitness business um, and in the marketing business. Um, so I studied, you know, tried just to acquire as much knowledge as I possibly could. And then I would say after about a year, it really just, it really started to take off. And that's when I was like, wow, you know, I could, I could really do something with this. And then it got to the point where I, didn't really need college anymore, so I pieced out with um, three credits remaining in, uh, in basket weaving. I guess I could take if I ever want to go back and get my degree, but that's sort of that's sort of a non-option right now. Not so necessary how- at the moment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not necessary at the moment. Um, was so, there um, yeah, was there a tipping point or an event that kind of fueled that that upward growth in in readership in blog traffic? No, it wasn't. And I think that's something that a lot of people have, um, you know, th- there's a huge misconception out there that there's this one thing that, um, you know, you can do uh, to sort of flip the switch. And for me, it wasn't. It was it was a series of consistent little efforts here and there that really just sort of built up over time. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to talking about what those what those are here down the line. But um, there was not just one little thing that I did that really just did anything for me. It was uh, a series of consistent, you know, m- somewhat minor efforts in multiple directions. What do you think had the biggest uh, had the biggest impact in in the site becoming what it is today and becoming noticeable and noteworthy? Um, in, in a pretty popular and crowded, you know, fitness is somebody said, maybe you posted this is like a, a $60 billion industry that for all, for all purposes really shouldn't exist. I mean, we all know what we need to do, yes. like, uh, eat better and, you know, get some exercise every now and again. Um, was there anything like any particular effort? Like you said that, um, that made Chronicles worth, uh, you know, worth sticking around. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple different things. The first thing I would say it was my message was unique. And this is something when I'm working with a client and we're developing their business that I always work on is to develop your unique selling proposition or essentially be able to answer the question, why should anybody listen to you or do business with you over any of your competitors? And you should be able to answer that in 30 seconds, you know, very simply, very easily. And for me, it was the message of minimalism. I'm the guy who can show you how to reach your goals doing the least amount that you need to do by showing you how to be effective and efficient and that, you know, to get in really good shape, you don't need to be crazy. You don't need to do Insanity or CrossFit or P90X or all these crazy programs out there, but instead you just need to be reasonable uh, and find sort of a minimalist approach of focusing on those vital few efforts, those few things that we know we got to do that produce the greatest return and ignoring all those trivial many things. So having that unique message that was sort of contrarian, um, that was against and still is against many of the popular and sort of insane, crazy fitness methods um, of today really helped to um, sort of have have me stand out in the crowd. Yeah, I think I think um, you know minimalism is something that a lot of people are trying to embrace in their in their everyday lives, and especially when it comes to to fitness. Like, oh, you, hey, there's a there's an alternative to running for sixty minutes on the treadmill and boring myself to tears. Um, you know, I'm all ears. And so this is pre is a pre four hour body at this point. 
This is pre four hour body. Yes, absolutely. And and I as much as I love Tim, um, I did an interesting interview with Tim on my site uh, a few years ago. Okay, actually, it was just one year ago, and that, that's that's worth watching. We we we, we talked about some cool things. Um, our approaches are are very very different in a lot of ways, but we definitely agree on um, the idea of focusing in on those uh, you know those vital few efforts that are going to give us the greatest return. Of that, of the eighty twenty rule, right? The minimum effective, uh, minimum effective dose. You know, why do twenty reps if you can get the same result in three super heavy ones or whatever it is? Exactly. Why, you know, why do something for sixty minutes when you can, you know, when you can do it for thirty and don't waste your time doing it for thirty if you can do it in fifteen? Yeah. So yeah, having that message was definitely helpful uh, for you know getting people to just pay attention to me. Um, and to say, all right, you know, maybe I want to learn a little bit more about this guy and what he has to say. Um, as far as building the fan base, um, you know, starting out, I didn't have, you know, the funds that I do now for advertising campaigns and stuff like that. Um, so, so what I did is I sort of niched myself down and focused efforts on sort of uh, a guerrilla marketing warfare in, in a couple different areas. One thing that I did that was very, very effective was I got on a few very popular blogging, um, excuse me, not blogging, uh, forum platforms, and I just got very active on there. Um, not pitchy or salesy or anything like that, but just very helpful and, and making my message known and, and helping people out as much as I could. And this, this took effort. I mean, I would dedicate at least an hour or two to it a day. Uh, but in my signature, you know, I would have a link back to my opt-in to my my ethical bribe or free ebook. And over a while, that that put thousands on my email list. Okay. Um, and it cost me no money, just just time and effort is all. And it put thousands of people who uh, on my email list for free uh, of people who knew who I was. They they enjoyed my message. Uh, they were reading the stuff that I was posting on these these platforms. Uh, so they were qualified to receive, you know, what I was going to say. So if there's one sort of strategy I could pass on to somebody who's starting out and, um, you know, they don't have the funds to run a paid campaign, you know, find a platform that's relevant, that already has people that would be qualified as your target audience and go in there and just provide value. Uh, now, of course, you have to be good at what you do and be able to provide value to get people to pay attention to you, um, which is beyond the scope of what we're talking about now. Right. And then have, um, you know, in your signature of whatever platform or form you're on, uh, you know, an invitation for somebody to come get your, your opt-in or join your email list in some way. Okay. Now, that's, a, that's an important distinction to make because I think people will default to, uh, you know, to linking to their homepage. But... Uh, consciously linking to that opt-in landing page to really drive the um, to drive the signups. I think that's really smart. Yeah, it was right to a squeeze page. So it wasn't even to my Chronicles website. They got dropped into the Chronicles after the, as a thank you page. Okay. Um, but it was it was our original swingy book and my signature was something like hey, let me teach you the kettlebell swing, get my free guide here, and then click here or whatever, and it brought them right to, this, to, the, uh, to the squeeze page and this and that. But, I mean, it, it's powerful stuff. You look at you know the thousands and thousands of people who are reading these forums every day, and if you just see the name Pat Flynn keep popping up and popping up, and I'm, you know, I hope I'm saying good things to people reading my stuff, you will be surprised at you know, how much traction that can get you initially without having to spend anything other than time and effort to get it. 
Yeah, very cool. Now, did you do like uh, a guest posting campaign or anything like that, outreach on other blogs, or was it I primarily do, I the forums? Write, I, write, I write for some of the biggest uh, fitness sites out in the industry right now, you know, like Breaking Muscle, Dragon Door, a few of these, and, and that's always very, very helpful. So if you can establish those relationships, uh, and, you know, there's there's an art to that as well as to, you know, establishing these relationships. But, but yeah, the joint ventures and the, uh, the affiliate campaigns, publishing your work on, on these platforms uh, is huge. It's absolutely huge. I remember the first time I did it on, on one kettlebell site, um, I wasn't sure what it would get me. Uh, but I, I wrote an article, I believe it was a, a spin on my nine-minute workout, and I put an opt-in uh, in there. I incentivized people to get an opt-in and 5,000 subscribers for free in a matter of like three days. So it's wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you can get on a good, really good sized platform and if you can do it right, I mean, it's, it's incredibly powerful stuff. Uh, so I, I make, you know, very large efforts to, to do that sort of thing. Now I have, uh, I have two virtual assistants that that work for me. I told you about this, Nick, I told you about my, my new virtual assistant, She's doing PR for you or something? Um, she's doing PR, so she's establishing the, more of these relationships for me. She's doing the kick butt job. So that's awesome. Yeah, if there's if, talk about marketing minimalism, right? If there's one of those vital few efforts, it really has a huge and, and valuable return. It's definitely getting your work out on on as many other platforms as you possibly can. Yeah, that's um, very cool. Like somebody brought up the point to me, like, hey, you know, you're you're spending all this time creating. Uh, great content for for your site for Side Hustle Nation, but you know the readership is relatively small. Like you're not, um, your effort would be better spent creating that same great content for somebody with a much larger audience to kind of spread spread your message and then bring people back to your site. So I think it sounds like that kind of is is being echoed um, here, but. Kind of transitioning into and for everybody listening, but, uh, uh, just yeah, just just one point, quick is it, is it does work both ways. So I mean, it, it works well because when I do a podcast like this, an interview like this, um, you know, it's good for me because I'll expect to get some traffic from Nick Loper or, or whoever else I'm doing it for. But it's also good for for Nick Loper because if, if you get somebody like me, I'll be incentivized to send my readership to you. Definitely, and I'm going to be incentivized to go do my swings uh, after the call. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so for everybody listening, uh, we're talking about 16,000 uh, Facebook fans. Um, so it's pretty, pretty serious, um, pretty serious audience. Easily the second most famous uh, Pat Flynn in, in online business. <laughs> I'm sure you get that a lot. Oh, my God. I get, I get messages <laughs> every, every day. Like, are you the same Pat Flynn? I'm like. Well, very cool. So let's kind of transition into the um, – uh, monetization of the blog is a blog in itself is is not a, a business right like until there's something uh, to sell or some advertising on there how how is chronicles um, making money oh so I mean there's there's a, a very sort of large pyramid to, ha- to how my business works um, so at the bottom of the pyramid, um, you know, the cheapest thing we have to offer are ebooks and e-programs, and those can be anywhere from you know thirty-seven bucks to ninety-nine bucks typically. Uh, above that, if you're sort of picturing a food pyramid here, above that we have my inner circle, which is my online membership program that's twenty bucks a month. All right. Next step above that would be any of our sort of e-courses or e-programs, sort of extended. Um, Types of learning experiences, and those will typically between be between two and five hundred bucks. 
Um, above that, uh, we have private online coaching, which is a minimum of 1300 uh, for three months. And then we also, which I consider it to be a completely different business, um, have our Killing It Kettlebells certification and affiliate program. And, you know, that's that's higher, higher end, too. And that's specifically more geared towards fitness professionals who want to learn how to run and market their own business. Is that local or is that on, online? It's all over. I mean, we, we have for our next one, we have people coming from Sweden, from California, all over the place. But yeah, we host it. Locally. Oh, okay. It's, okay. At, it's at our gym. Um, and then if you decide to become an affiliate um, and use the Killing It With Kettlebells brand, uh, then you get online continuing education from there. What was the first product that you that you sold? Oh man, it was like it was like a fourteen dollar ebook, and I was so excited when like I, I like I realized like wow, people were actually willing to buy my stuff. I didn't make that much money. I think I made like like a little over a thousand bucks the first time I ever tried to sell something. Uh, but you know, for uh, I was a sophomore in, in college and I was starting out, and um, you know, it was, it was it was a very exciting like sort of epiphany for me. Okay, but this was so this was early on in the game. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was very early on. You know, I wanted to really try and start making money right away, and I made a, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, and I figured out a ton of things, you know, along the way. But the first thing I ever saw, I think, um, was like a an ebook. It was had a horrible title, it had a horrible name. It was like the Power of Complexes, you know, Metabolic Conditioning with Kettlebells or something like. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, it was like 14 bucks and uh, you know I you know my my sales copy back then was absolutely horrible. I probably sounded like a college like a sophomore in college trying to sell a $14 ebook cuz I'm sure it's exactly what I saw, sounded like. Um did so you yeah. sell it through uh did you sell it through ClickBank or how did you get it set up? It was, it was all PayPal. Um but you know it was an interesting learning experience for me back then and it, and it you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, wow, you know, again, maybe I can actually really do something like this. So we've evolved considerably since then. Um, but but that's yeah. good. I think, you know, that's important. Everybody has to start somewhere. I mean, everybody has their first, um, you know, their first product and getting it out the door um, quickly. So uh, let's talk a little bit of kind of the development of it. And then maybe we can transition into some of the development that goes into the, the newer products and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But putting a stamp on it and saying, hey, this is something that People, that's worth spending money for. Somebody has said this is worth, like they say on the Fizzle Show, this is worth this is worth my dollar. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some uh, get somebody to pay me for this. Um, so, how long did it take to to create that? Uh, to create my original ebook, or yeah, to, to create that first product. Oh man, um, not long. It had to be less than a month, I would say. Okay. Um, you know, mo- because most of the content for that ebook was on my blog. Okay. Right. So it was really a matter of compiling it for that first project. And, you know, that that is a viable strategy for anybody, really, if you want to get a product out quickly, is if you have good content laying around already, you know, use it. And and I do I still do that a lot. And you're you're you know, people will be like, Well, won't my subscriber base get mad or upset that I'm, you know, selling something that's kind of for free? No, I've never had that experience. I've done it a lot. If anything else, they really appreciate you putting it all in one place and making it sort of very cohesive and digestible for them. Okay. Of course, you know, you know, update it and, you know, add some new content here and there. Uh, but that, you know, if you have all this great content that you still believe in and it's valuable, um, one of the easiest things you can do is just compile it or even put it in a different form. So if it's if it's written content, well then you could do a webinar and record the webinar on that content and sell sell the recording in the webinar. 
Okay, gotcha. I was going to ask, um, kind of in the in the fitness forums and guest posting kind of things, did you do a lot of uh, YouTube stuff to to build up a channel there? Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a pretty good sized YouTube channel as well. Um, for as big as it is, um, it has not been the biggest producer for me. So I would put YouTube in um, if we're talking like eighty twenty rule. YouTube would be, you know, one of those 80% of the efforts that produces 20% of the results for me. Now, I know I have many friends that will put more effort into YouTube and they will crush it with YouTube. Uh, my big producer is Facebook. Okay. Any particular strategy to go about collecting more Facebook fans? Um, yeah, I mean, make your content as shareable as possible. And there, there is a strategy for that. And uh, I'm going to encourage anybody to go on my Facebook page and sort of look at my content and, and you'll see, you know, specifically when I'm, I'm making the content that I want to be shared. Um, you know, the formula is it should be, you know, not a long, heavy post. It should be some sort of, um, you should have some sort of like captivating headline, right? You know, like seven tips to improve your kettlebell swing. Uh, give them quick, easy, and good to digest content. Have some sort of compelling and original picture to go with it. If you can put a, a compelling and like original quote to go on a picture, awesome. And if you can nail sort of that formula down that will get people to share your stuff around, you will be amazed at what that will do for your for your readership. Okay. One of my favorite ones was like, you know, what's the best uh, exercise for six pack abs? And it was like broccoli. <laughs> Yeah, like that. Like that's why. Yeah, one of the things I put up there, and it gets a ton of shares, and and uh, and it and it really works really really well. But you also see the strategy I, I I use whenever I am making these posts that specifically I'm trying to get it to go as viral as possible. Um, is I'll always have a link in there to my website or my opt in or some post that I'm trying to drive people to. So I just did one on the squat. Um, and it leads them through some, some tips on the squat. It has a cool picture of the squat with a quote on it. And then it drives them to a blog post where I pitch my inner circle. So it's, it's sort of like a mini funnel in a way. Okay. There's always, there's always a greater purpose than just trying to get Facebook fans is the point I want to make. So if I'm going to go through all the effort of trying to get a bunch of shares and likes and this and that, then I'm going to have something that it's driving to on the back end that is either going to serve to increase my email list or uh, sell some products. Gotcha. Because, you know, with all the Facebook algorithm changes, right, anything you post is only going to hit 20% of your people if they happen to be online, blah, blah, blah. Everything is kind of uh, filtered down from that standpoint. But if you can drive them back to your site, get them on your list, um, then they're then they're yours, then they're, then they're hooked in. Um, exactly. But I'm glad you mentioned kind of driving people back to your inner circles. I think this is kind of an interesting. Um, this is the the membership, the the continuity program, if you will. But kind of tell me a little bit about when when you set that up and how the response to that has been. Oh, sponsors response has been great. We're over 500 members strong. I want to get to a, a thousand uh, by the end of this year is my goal. Um, I started out. I was in a business mastermind. And uh, one of my marketing coach mentors said, you know, you need to do a newsletter uh, subscription service, you know, for your for your readership. Uh, he's like, you're just you're, you're silly if you're not. And I didn't really believe him at the time. Um, but, you know, he never led me wrong before. So I did it. I put it together and it was a pain in the ass getting set up at first because I don't know if, if, if you remember, we went print it first. 
Okay. Right, so we went, we went print at first, which is um, which it seems. I mean, it seems very uh, you know very out of the box, like very you know zig where everyone else is zagging. It, yeah, um, and but... it was <laughs> and and it had some appeal. Um, and in you know in the marketing world, a lot of the you know uh, people who like we're subscribed to Glazer Kennedy and and some of the other direct response marketers are real good, and they do print newsletters. Um, so there's definitely a higher perceived value to print. Uh, the problem is, um, you know, being a, a very small business right now and having, um, you know, people all over the world uh, is we were having fulfillment issues. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we have many readers in places like uh, the Philippines or Thailand, this and that. Um, so the the expense, of course, was a little higher. It was still bearable. Uh, but we were having major fulfillment issues. So, after, you know, we had a great response to the print, but the majority – you know, said that they they had no preference. They they would take gi- digital either way. Okay. Uh, so we switched back over to digital, and that's we've been digital ever since. Okay, but still twenty bucks a month, five hundred people. That's a ten thousand dollars side hustle right there. Side hustle, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And the cost and the and the beauty of it is the cost. The costs are pretty low. I mean, my only expenses right now are my my monthly advertising costs. Okay, right, right, right. And now switching only um, only to digital, you don't have to worry about postage and all that nonsense too. Exactly, exactly. So how do you decide what, uh, you know, what content is good enough to, um, to make the newsletter, what content goes on the blog, what content goes in the digital, uh, in the ebooks and all this stuff? I'm curious kind of the, if there's a, a method to the madness uh, behind, <laughs> behind the content strategy. There is, uh, but sometimes you know it's very, very case by case. Like today, I wrote something, and I'm like, "Wow, this is like like some of the best stuff that I've I've written in a while." Um, if I don't so, say so you know, myself, <laughs> yeah. If I don't say so myself, right? It's just one of those like freak days. I'm sure you have them, like <laughs> has them, right? Where it's like you don't understand why you're so productive, uh, but it just happens. I had one of those days. Um, now I feel completely brain dead. So whatever was <laughs> whatever I had is long gone. Um, and it'd be sort of humorous for me to even try and write right now. Um, but you know, a a huge part of me wants to reserve it just for the inner circle. Another part of me wants to put it out there because I want everyone to see it. Right. Yeah. So what, what I do mostly now is I tease content for free. If you really want the, the whole bulk of the program, then you got to come to the inner circle. So if you go on Chronicles now, you'll see that I, I, I sort of, uh, spread the philosophy and the general idea of um, any one of my programs, but if you want the the real meat and the potatoes, the step by step, do this. You know, here's the weight you're going to be using. Here's the reps. Here's the sets. Here's the exact nutrition protocol. If you want that dense content, then you got to join the inner circle, the real actionable content. Okay. So I'll I'll sort of discuss the philosophy, why it works, and get people excited about it, and and I'll still give you know a good amount of usable content, of course. Um, otherwise nobody would ever want to come back to my site. Yeah. Um, but if you want really my best stuff, I reserve that almost exclusively for the inner circle now. And that was a hard thing for me to do. Um, because I've always been so used to just putting all that out there, um, and not reserving any of it. Um, but at this point that's, that would not be fair to my paying subscribers. Is there a, a community aspect to it, like a, in an inner circle form, or is it strictly the newsletter? It is strictly the newsletter. The only thing we're going to be doing different this month is I have a kettlebell swing challenge coming out, so we're going to be creating a Facebook group for that. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. And I've been getting a lot of requests for forums for a while. So it's something that is going to happen. Um, it just hasn't happened yet. Okay. Gotcha. And did, um, has it always been 20 bucks a month or have you kind of experimented with different price points? Um, yeah, it's always been 20 bucks a month. Um, you know, that's, that's always the question, right? How do you, how do you price something? Um, but for this, the response has been so great at 20 bucks a month, uh, that I would not go any lower than that, but I am going to test a higher price point, um, in the next three months of 39 bucks a month. Okay. And you said, okay, first, first, um, first issue is free. And then, uh, that's kind of like the, the bait, right? Yeah. So, so the, the incentive is, Hey, you can come download the first issue that's free. And then we have a big front end offer. So, you know, the, the risk reversal is you can cancel anytime, right? I don't try and lock people in anything. I think my content is, is good and people enjoy it and stick around. And I have the retention rate to prove that. Um, but the incentive for joining, um, the inner circle is you get about like five, um, free bonuses of some of my, the best programs I've ever written. Some of them are video courses. Uh, some of them are eBooks, but you get, you know, if I, you add up it up, what I sold them all for separately, it's like 300 bucks or greater than 300 bucks. I forget the exact number. Uh, and I give that to them for free just for signing up for the first month. That's it. So I, I try and make it as much of a no brainer as I possibly can. And I think that's a strategy that just about anybody who's trying to get some sort of continuity or subscription service uh, going should do is have that very sort of no brainer front end offer this just big, juicy, delicious package <laughs> of all the stuff that you can have to get people to just not be able to say no to trying it out for at least a month. Yeah, makes sense. Um, now we uh, we talked um, a few months ago, right as the as the book was coming out, the Paleo Workout for Dummies book. Um, this is probably a little bit um, you know down the road for most of the people listening. But you want to talk about how that book deal came about? Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of an interesting. Um it's sort of an interesting story because most people will uh, try and get an agent and then they'll try and get a book deal and it's a big hassle. I was approached by the publisher. Um, so I got the book deal first and then I got an agent second. So I kind of went in ass backwards. And the, and the way that it, it worked is my co-author on the book, Kellyanne, had the contract, but they needed to bring on another fitness professional. So me and Kellyanne got hooked up. Uh, they, you know, publishers only really care about one thing right now and that's What's the size of your platform and how many books can you sell? Okay. So I sent them all my stats. I guess they thought it was good enough. Uh, so I, I got the deal. And then another six months after that, I got I got the second book deal on the fasting diet. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, when's, so when's I, that I, one coming out? I have, I have two for dummies books. They're both out. They're both out oh, right okay. Um, but, you know, working with big publishers, uh, there's pros and cons. <laughs> fasting for dummies. Uh, yes. you, you don't eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I've said that like multiple times. Like, they wanted a 300-page book uh, on me telling people to not eat. So that was, that was a joy to write. Um, but it turned out to be a great book. Um, but but I'll, be, you know, I'll be straight up. Um, you know, there's pros to working uh, with big publishers. Uh, for me, it's the exposure. So being in Barnes & Nobles and Walmart and all this is, you right, know, it's, right. it's great. And all of that's driving back to my business. The downside is that there's no guarantee that you're not going to be working with a bunch of nincompoops, um, and it's particularly editors uh, who are devoid of souls and 
you know how that goes. So, I mean, both so of my you, books, for as much work that I put into them and as much as I'm hustling them right now, and, they're, and, and especially Paleo Workouts, is doing really, really well. They did not make it easy for me to market. They gave it a silly name, Paleo Workouts for Dummies. Um, the, the second one is even worse. It's called Fast Diets for Dummies because they didn't want to say fasting uh, because they felt it was too religious. So, okay. Uh, you know, but, but at the end of the day, I'm still grateful to have had uh, a book deal. It's not something that many people ever get to have. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, bu- a bucket list item for, for I'm sure, a lot of people. So that's really, really cool. Uh, and, and it's done me a lot of good. You know, it sent a lot of traffic my way. Uh, it's not a sort of income that I'm going to retire on by any means. Uh, for me, it's sort of a business card, right? It's it's a great marketing agent. Um, it's, it's something to kick off the bucket list, uh, and it's something that I can hand people instead of a business card that's going to get their attention a lot more than a business card would. Right. That's what I've heard from, uh, from other authors is like, if you go the traditional published route or even the Amazon route, it's more about casting a, a wider net, um, you know, bringing in new readership versus profitability. If you want to maximize your, your margins and you already have an existing platform, it's best to, um, just put it up on your own. Uh, on your own site, and where you have more uh, more pricing control, like you said, um, you know some ebooks could be, you know, thirty fifty dollars um, instead of you know kind of artificially maxed out at you know probably ten bucks on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. So you know the use of it, I would say, uh, is just what you said. It's another way to get people into your funnel, into your programs or ebooks or whatever else that you're selling that actually makes you money. And for that, and if you go in with that intention. Um, it, it can be very, very worthwhile. Very cool. Well, a ton of resources um, and, uh, and links mentioned in this show. This is going to be sidehustlenation.com slash episode 43. you got to check Pat out at chroniclesofstrength.com. And um, if nothing else, <laughs> to, see, to see what he's, uh, what he's doing, how he's got everything set up. And uh, hey, you know, maybe, maybe get, some, uh, get some fitness tips while you're over there. Pat, thanks so much for coming on. We've got to wrap up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Oh, all right. My number one tip for Side Hustle Nation is to to become a marketing minimalist. So in the same way uh, that I would tell somebody who is seeking a leaner, harder body to focus on those vital few efforts that, that really offer the greatest return, I want you to take the same approach to marketing. So rather than trying to do everything that you can possibly do, you know, focus on those, those few consistent efforts that you can do every day uh, that, that's going to build your build your email list, to build your platform, and to convert all of your readers and subscribers into buying. And, you know, that's a little different for everybody and depending on what business you're in. Uh, but constantly be asking yourself, you know, how can I be more effective and efficient with my time? Love it. Thanks so much. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, Nick. Thanks a ton. Now, going back to what Pat said about marketing minimalism, I undertook some data analysis for my shoe site at the beginning of the year and found some surprising results. For example, the top 50% of the stores on the site generated 98% of the revenue, and the top 50% of the advertising drove 80% of the profits. In other words, we could do half the work and make 80% as much. So that has been driving... Um, some some process changes for me this year. So what does marketing minimalism mean to your side hustle? If you could only focus on one marketing effort, what would it be? Share your answer in the comments on this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 43. And also, did you catch how Pat slipped in there the part about how instrumental his mastermind was? I love it. 
Anyways, thanks so much for listening. That's it for the show. Until next time, go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you next week in episode 44. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 